Welcome back to another episode of A Brother's Got Next. As always, it's your boy, Quab, and I'm honored to be joined by my co-host, Darian. How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, Quab? Always, you know, it was an honor, too. I'm really excited about today's show. Absolutely. And and today's a really special show. You know, <laughs> I know every week I say that, but we're, 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 we're honored, we're privileged to have on uh, one of the most well-known anchors and, and TV talent on, in the sports industry, Mr. Will Selva of NFL Network, uh, ASU, Arizona State alum. Will Selva, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. That is quite an intro, man. I thought Nate Burleson <laughs> gave me the intros when he sends it to me for the news. Wow, Bob. Uh, I'm not worthy at this point in time. I will say, though, I, I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed because it took at least 34 episodes. Oh, boy. Me. Oh, wow. We hear that from everybody. <laughs> yeah. We hear that from everybody. What's up, everybody Will, we have you, on, they're like, oh, why did it take so long? Yeah. <laughs> Will, you're busy. You're, you're very high in demand, very busy, you know, but, but we wanted to, we were definitely excited to have you on, man. Definitely appreciate Yeah, deeply appreciate you, have, uh, deeply appreciate you having, uh, uh, having you on, Will, you know. Absolutely. It's an honor. Absolutely. Well, I'm honored as well, and uh, I can't wait for our chat, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll set aside my hurt feelings. You know, and try to put forth my best effort for you guys, you know? <laughs> so if you hear, like, short breaths, it's just it's just me, you know, trying to hide my tears. That's all. All right. I, I got, got you. Got I got you. Got you. Well, yeah. you know, people are going to be excited to hear this episode. They're going to be like, wait, like, Will Selva, NFL Network? Like, that Will Selva? I'm like, yeah, that one. That's, this is the dude right here. My mom well, will be get... geeked. My mom will be geeked. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get started will obviously you're you're a veteran in the industry you're you're a young vet you know you're a young veteran you've been you've been in the industry for a while you've been at a lot of major companies we met we used to me you and Darian and all worked um together at espn in the in yep. the 2000s i remember i was operating the teleprompter for you and when you were working espn news one day just my my, my one shining moment with will selva back in the day early in my career and i was but, berating you right and i was throwing <laughs> pencils at yeah, you give me a hard time. <laughs> that's me <laughs> no but um with that said, let, let's get started, man. Like, give us a little a little scoop on how you even got started in the industry. Did you always know from a young age you wanted to be in television? Yeah, I always was really interested in performing and acting and trying to be a comedian. And that, for me, was something that I thought, wow, this is something I can actually do. But as I got a little bit older and closer to college time, I started to think, man, I don't think that is too stable of a job. And so I decided to go major in architecture. Uh, go figure, right? I figured I can draw a little bit and then I can do some presentations to people and BS my way through it. Well, I went to ASU and I um, did architecture for a year and then I was absolutely miserable. And then I said, "What? Well, I'm gonna change majors. And then I see they have the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Telecommunication. Now, Walter Cronkite was a well-known anchor known as the uh, most trusted man in the U.S. And he was really well-known, hey, to our grandparents and to our parents, right? And so uh, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed going to ASU because I had a chance to do the play-by-play -play of the football, basketball, and baseball team at the school radio station that Al Michaels also did the same thing, right? So I felt mm. pretty honored right. and privileged to do that. And when I graduated, uh, I was actually in San Francisco, back in my hometown, and I am working in the Macy's Young Men's Department, telling people how great these jeans look when they were too baggy and didn't fit <laughs> at all. Uh, and I'm folding clothes and just being absolutely miserable about it. And then a friend of mine who was working in the promotions department locally at the NBC affiliate in San Francisco says, hey, I got a gig for you. It's a gig to be a production assistant slash writer for the morning show, and you would be writing sports for the host slash anchor who has no idea about sports. And so she said, you can do that. In the meantime, we were looking for a job as a weather guy or sports guy, whatever it is. So while I was getting my resume together, I was working in San Francisco and I was writing the, the sports. And so I came up with this idea. I said, why don't I do a celebrity sports cast for all the actors or local politicians or authors or athletes that come through and want to plug something on our morning show? Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing two 
a bunch of a bunch of them, but two that, that come to mind are uh, Johnny Cochran, who was the lawyer in the O.J. Simpson case, right? Mm-hmm. Trial of the Century. Right, right, right. And he comes in, and I explained to Mr. Cochran, I said, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have highlights, and you are going to be voicing them. And so he's reading the script, and I'm going through with him, and he literally was giddy. He was so excited and, you know, I had him things, I had him say things like, you know, uh, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. If it doesn't fit, the Braves can't hit. Right. And <laughs> I, I and, then, and then he says like, this highlights nothing but a, bem- a bumbling cesspool full of deceit. Right. So you can picture Johnny Cochran saying this. And so afterwards he took a photo with me and remember I was just starting in the business and he said, if there's ever any issues legally that you need help or you're down in L.A., come and visit me. And his assistant was like, wow, he just lit up with doing this. So this was a big deal for him and obviously for me. And then, you know, I had to do other people as well. And one of them was Humpty Hump, Shock G of uh, yes. Digital <laughs> under- Underground, right? And that's yeah. pretty cool. Yes, right. Digital, digital underground. underground, right? So he... um you know, because he was based out of the Bay Area. And remember, Digital Underground had Tupac. And he was That's the right. one that actually, I believe, produced his first single, I Get Around. And he also mm-hmm. produced uh, Tupacalypse Now, I want to say, as well. And so um, so I'm with Shock G, but he is dressed as Humpty Hump. You know, he's got the, he's got the funny-looking glasses and the nose and all that. And he's flanked on either side by these two women who are wearing these uh, bright uh, canary yellow uh, dresses that are really skin tight. (laughs) Looks like he's coming out of, you know, the the club and doing this. Right. And so I'm talking to Humpty Hump about doing the sports, you know, and, you know, he sees it and and it's, you know, I had on there, I think it was like, Stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image of sports that you're used to. You know, oh, I did a little oh. thing for him, and he was doing it with these two women who were on either side <laughs> looking, you know, straight ahead at the camera, not saying anything. And he's doing the the sports highlights. And I think if this was something that that was now, it would be viral, right? So <clears throat> there were other other people like that, and so within the building. They asked me, they said, hey, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? This stuff is pretty cool that you do. And I said, I want to be on camera. And so sure enough, not not long thereafter, they asked me to do a live shot. And the high school that I went to uh, is part of the oldest rivalry west of the Mississippi. And so I had a chance to to interview my former wide receivers coach. And uh, so some of the players of, of my high school, as well as the opposing high school. And so I did the live shot and I didn't feel nervous because I knew what the hell I was talking about. Nice. So and so then I, you know, then then as I continued on there, then I was doing sports. I was doing feature reporting. So it's like I was interviewing people like, you know, George Clinton, Little Kim, Metallica, oh, Sam okay. Agar, wow. all these people. You know, Alec Baldwin, you know, it's like I never would have uh, imagined. And so that's kind of what got me, you know, then on my way. And I worked locally and then worked at CNN Sports and at ESPN, then with you guys. And, you know, it's like there, it's like I had a chance to interview uh, LeBron James when we had that capability after a game and pressing him about why he had. Uh, only 11 assists, you know what I mean? Like those kind of things. <laughs> but when I was in Sac and when I was working in Sacramento, I actually had a chance to cover his first professional game. Oh, that was his first. Oh, I, mean, I think he dope. had like 20 points or something like that. I remember his first game being like a huge deal when it came on. For oh, sure. yeah. It yeah, was, that's it was right. at Arco Arena and, you know, the local station. I mean, they were beyond just everything was like, you know, now it's like the Kings opening up and now they've got LeBron James, King James, you know, the whole thing that they hype up. And so I, that's why I look through like my career and some of these things I've had a chance to do. Uh, I've been so fortunate to do. And, and because you guys are big basketball guys, one of the stories that I did when I was in San Francisco was when Michael Jordan and the Bulls, they were in their last year together. And I, I told mm-hmm. um, I told our, our producer, I said, hey, what do you think if I go down there 
to the Coliseum, the arena, whatever you want to call it at that time. And I said, I want to do a story on what it's like to be around the Bulls. And so I literally did one comparing, you know, the Bulls to the Beatles. And so I was interviewing Luke Longley, Steve Kerr, right? And then, okay. and then you go and we're outside the locker room and, uh, you know, just part of that scrum go in and we just shoot right by Pip. You know, Pip is just like chilling out on his folding chair, having a Coors Light and we beeline it right <laughs> to, uh, to MJ and he's putting on his coat. He's like, man, why do you guys always come to me first? Right. So he was, he was definitely a little annoyed, but just, I, I just in the middle of that and talking about, you know, how they blow up the Warriors. Then I said, hey, so what's it like being Michael Jordan? And it's like, it's got to be tough, right? Great question. Right? And so, so he looks at me, he's like, yeah, it's tough. And then he smiles and kind of wakes at me. He's like, but well, there's some good things, too, about being MJ. Oh, wow. So, and then <laughs> I interview Rodman, and he was, you know, as predictable as you would think. He's like, yeah, man, let's go party. Let's party in Vegas, man. Let's do it right now. Let's go to Vegas, you know? He loves so, Vegas. Yeah. I, I, th- I think of myself as like this Forrest Gump that I've been in these crazy situations and been really, really fortunate. And as I'm talking to you and I, and I think about my career, it just, I, I sometimes think like, wow, I did that. I did really. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Will, with that, with that answer too. I, I never thought I'd be hearing about Tupac. Like, like what an answer. We went from asking <laughs> you about how you got to start hearing about Pac <laughs> and Lil Kim. And it, this is, that, that was, that was crazy. And one quick note before Darian asks his question. I was also an architecture major. Me and Darian met at UNLV. Uh, we went to a class of uh, 2006 and 2007, but I was also an architecture major, changed my major to broadcast journalism. So, wow. We so were you as miserable? Were you guys as miserable as I was? Well, Darian always stuck with it. Darian <laughs> stuck with journalism throughout. But I... Yeah, I was, I was Smart man you know, from day one, from my freshman yeah, year. Yeah, but now so. I, I, I yeah. agree with you, man. I just felt like I wanted to do something I was a little more passionate about. So, wow. Well, we well, yeah, and, and, and here's the thing is like, like, I remember I was in the dorm and it's like it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm going to Kinko's to like enlarge, you know, uh, drawings that I did while everybody's out partying and having fun, doing their thing. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm drafting, drawing, and just being just absolutely miserable. Yeah, I feel you. I feel yeah. you. So, so you no, get it. You. You, you feel absolutely you feel pain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny what if you talked about um, how, you know, you can't believe you're doing this stuff. That's how I felt when I, like, got started in the business. Like, so my first job out of college, I was in uh, ESPN Radio, the affiliate in nice. Vegas, and we were um, the affiliate for the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's funny, I always tell the stories to Quab and people, you know, I remember the first time I met Kobe Bryant and uh, walking in that locker room, I was so nervous. I had never been in like a, you know, professional NBA locker room before. And, you know, just like how you said, you darted over to MJ, um, you know, everybody's darting over to Kobe. And I was actually the first one to ask him a question. And it, they had just been finished playing the Suns. They'd lost. Um, and, uh, I think he, he said, yeah, like 40 points or something like that. And I just, you know, I think I asked him the first question, like, yeah, what would be like tough loss, but you know, how, how are you able to do this, you know, night after night, you know, going out there and still putting up the points. And he like looked directly at me and he kind of did the same thing, kind of smiled and laughed and just said, you know, it's what I do, you know, this is just, this is my job, you know, let's like, you know, I, I do this every night. And I just remember sitting, I remember just standing there like, man, I can't believe I'm, you know talking to Kobe Bryant right now. He's, he's answering my question. That's cool. So so it's funny. I know exactly how you feel. And then I, you know, same thing. I, I was able, I was privileged enough to interview the uh, USA basketball team. Um, that was the year, I think that was before uh, they went off to uh, in 2008 when they, that, yeah. the Redeem team with LeBron and Melo and Kobe and Jason Kidd. Yeah. I, I remember being at their practice in Vegas. Just like, I can't believe I'm around all these stars. You so know, cool. it was just, it was just, it was it, it was definitely a yeah it was definitely one of those moments you're like wow I can't believe I'm doing this so I'm glad that you brought that up but my question is you know being around you know television you know obviously me and Kwab have been behind the scenes had worked with you and um you know people always have mis- misconceptions about people on TV of like you know like can like did you ever talk to that guy can you talk to them are they like are they approachable what is what is the biggest misconception about being on I think TV the, one of them at least in my opinion is that people think it's such an easy thing to do. That you just clip on your microphone, you put on your makeup, and then you just go. And what people don't realize is everything that it takes leading up to that. Like, you have to screw up when you're younger. I mean, when I did, it's like you screw Mm -hmm. up, you make mistakes, 
you know, and what ends up happening is that once you kind of build your voice and and you get that voice like that I have now, it's like I was probably like this a little bit more, you know. It's like when I started thinking like, okay, <laughs> but then it's like it just, you know, then you start it's like you're going through T V puberty, right? And you're growing mm-hmm. up in the business and you you just build yourself up more. And like any athlete, like a unless you're the top one percent like a an MJ or a Kobe was, it's like it, you have to work and they still worked hard too, you know? And so you you still have to work hard to get to that point. And I think that's where sometimes I think people think like, oh, ESPN, hey, they're they're calling me right now. They're knocking down my door. They want me right now. It doesn't work like that. And you and you gotta grind and you right. gotta get to that point and you gotta be prepared. Because once you're prepared, then you're ready to do whatever it is. Like for example, like with breaking news for me, I love breaking news because it's like you're literally flying without a net. And if it when mm-hmm. I started doing that, you're like, um, uh, uh, you know, cotton mouth, um, you know, and you think that you have to be perfect. You have to be this certain way. And I tell this to people want to get into the business who, who are in J school and they say, hey, how do you do it? And it's just like, you know, you, you have to build yourself up to get to that point and don't hold like your script is so tightly and think like, oh, I can't mess up. I can't mess up. I can't mess up. It's like you, you, you got to be you got to be comfortable in your in your own ability that you're going to mess up and be okay with that, knowing that. And that's what I think some people don't realize. You got to be comfortable in knowing that you're going to mess up. And some people don't want to do that. And I think that's why people sometimes have a fear of public speaking too. Uh, is, is, is that right? Oh, they, yeah, absolutely. They feel like right. you have to do every single word the way that it's written on the paper and it's and, and it's <laughs> right, and, right. and it's not like that you know and um and that's even how i tell my kids like now as we're doing like you know speeches or presentations like it's okay if you mess up it's okay if you stumble it's it's how you recover from it so that's that's all part of the long right, journey right. to to get to where you are that's awesome that's awesome so you know, obviously, well, one thing I love about you, man, is, is, is you wrap your Latino background. So, oh yeah, uh, baby, all the time, man. You, you'll you'll throw in a little <laughs> Spanish with your with your news hits. It's 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 awesome to see that. But you know, obviously, being of Latino descent, you know, mm-hmm. how how has that shaped your career? And and who would you say has been your your biggest inspiration? So, it's pretty much two separate questions. So, like, yeah, yeah how how would you say? Like what? How how important is it to you to represent that Latino background? Because you don't see a lot of um, Latinos, particularly on sports television. You, you still don't. And me and Darian right. have talked about how you know there's still a lack of you know a lot of uh, a black black talent, black hosts on TV as well. So yeah. how, how would you um, say it shaped your career? Well, let, let me let me I guess fast or, or rewind I should say before I fast forward. And growing up in San Francisco, there weren't many uh influences where i said that oh i want to be like them now i will say this that my parents would always say to me whatever it is that we were watching whether it was the news whether it was a movie whatever it was they always say oh mira ese habla en español you know that's what they would always say oh look at that one he's speaking spanish see you know we're having the representation (laughs) right 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 right. you know locally in san francisco and tv there were, you know, very little, very few uh, reporters and anchors that I said, oh, well, I want to be like them. And, and the, the ones that were in San Francisco, they were more known for how they said their name. So they would say, I'm Rico Chacon. And, you know, and, and so we would <laughs> always like look at that and think like, well, OK, he's actually pronouncing it correctly. But to everybody else, it's crazy. And, um, you know, when when I was growing up, I mean, I watched like, you know, telenovelas, you know, I would watch the, the Spanish language news. And there is an anchor there, Jorge Ramos, who's great. He's still doing his thing right now. And, um, you know, it was just very few influences, unfortunately. And I actually had uh, a situation where I was working locally and the. Uh, news director and the general manager, they pulled me aside into the office and they said, hey, well, what would you think if you changed your name? And I said, uh, OK, come again. And I said, uh, we want you to change your name to Guillermo because you said growing up in San Francisco 
in your neighborhood, you were called Guillermo, which was 100% true because my older brothers were, you know, uh, Manuel Antonio, Fernando Jose, Roberto Francisco, Julio Nices, and Will, right? So, so, you know, in the neighborhood, people would call me Guillermo. Seriously, people would call me Guillermo. And, And that's just how it was like growing up. And so... Then fast forward to this conversation is and like, OK, uh, you know, and obviously they want to reach out the, you know, to the to the you know Latinx community, which I certainly appreciated. I just didn't I, I just didn't know if I appreciated that. And then it just felt like, well, well, now I feel like I'm am I in a box or not? And part of it, what what's a bigger kind of a, a race discussion really is. I think people don't know the Latinx community like they think that they do, meaning they think that everybody is has dark skin and their name is Carlito, Pedro, something like that. Right. And what they don't <laughs> right, realize right, right. is that we all come in, in different shapes, colors and sizes. We're a kaleidoscope, you know, and it's it's that's something where I think you know, as a country, just from an educational standpoint, w- w- there needs to be more of that. Right. And, and so for me now, right. and, and I appreciate NFL network, let me lead uh, a couple of, of, um, y- y- you know, round tables and, you know, just, just trying to get more, you know, representation from the Latinx community. And th- that in a way fuels me, because I want to see more of that. I do want to see more representation, you know? And, you know, when I also started off in the business, you know, I had a news director tell me once, hey, I put, I put um, resumes in two piles. There's this pile and then the people that, you know, have names that are different sounding. Can you imagine that's somebody terrible. saying that now? That's terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I've, always, wow. I've heard crazy. that before in the that's past, crazy. especially with a name like mine, you know? It's like, are, am I getting passed along because of, simply what my name is on my resume and that's unfortunate to hear yeah and and so and and so i actually i i challenged him because i said well so where would i fit in because you know what my name my last name means spanish you know means means in spanish it means jungle right like you know like that's my name you know it's like uh, you know william martin right selva you know this and so he was flummoxed he didn't have an answer because I, where would I have fit into his pile, you know? And so in that, that time That's too, crazy. you had people that would tack on Spanish surnames and they didn't speak a lick of Spanish. And that would drive me insane, drive me absolutely insane. Oh. And, um, you know, I, even when, when I was working in Sacramento, talked to, um, I was doing a live shot with, um, a baseball player who was part of what was then the AAA affiliate of the Oakland A's. And then literally I just signed up to him, you know, and he was struggling through the interview. And I said, uh, you know, mil gracias de nuevo. Right. And that's all that I said. I got a lot of phone calls that were saying, you know, speak American, you know, um, you know, why are you, why are you talking to him that way? You know, and, and just by saying that, and that hurt, you know, that was definitely hurtful. And, you know, people don't realize it. They think like, Oh, you know, well, he's Italian. He could be Jewish. You know, these different, things you know it's just like no i'm proud of who and what i am and you know it's like spanish is my first language and that was hard that was really hard to hear because my news director says you got to answer every every um uh letter every email you got to answer it and to get these phone calls and Mm -hmm. these these um these uh voicemails was hurtful man i i I did not like it It, it, that It's like those are the sorts of things that kind of shaped me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I think me and Quab talk about all the time, you know, um, not, you know, obviously, you know, us being African-American, you know, we, we've had shows just talking about, we just can't believe in 2020 how, you know, just the lack of like, yeah, you see African-Americans or, or like you said, the Latinx community on, on television. It's, it's just, it just boggles my mind. You know what I mean? And, We've even, you know, I mean, and then just talking about just, you know, even women in, 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 in the uh, business, you know, we just always talk about like, you know, what's going on? Like we're in 2020, we should be kind of past this whole, you know, uh, not having enough of, of us represented. So, I mean, I, I totally yeah, yeah, feel listen, where you're coming there, from. There certainly has to be a level of 
you know, uh, earning it. Right. And, you know, uh, but, but there right, also right. has to be a recognition at the same time that there needs to be some some, um, you know, representation as well. And, you know, just just within my business, you know, part of it, like in my world, like how it is, you know, on camera. So it's like, though, it's it's a business where, you know, there's there's backstabbing and people trying to suck up and get to that next level, you know, and that that, you know, plays a lot of it, too, plays plays a lot into it as well. Right. So, right. Yeah. So it's definitely something that for me now, you know, is that ESPN. I remember I did. You know, Manny Ramirez, when he went to uh, it was a press conference of his and I started then uh, on the fly translating it for viewers. And what ended up happening was that ESPN went crazy and then they used the clip of me um, translating to all, you know, all these people around the the company. And um, it just Mm -hmm. felt like they were starting to recognize the importance of it. But I still don't know if they necessarily knew right. what more to do with it. Right, right. Well, we're gonna jump oh, in yeah. now. I know you're from the Bay Area, and I, I've, I've seen, I've seen you rocking your, um, your 49ers oh, yeah, jersey on the NFL <laughs> Network. Um, shout out, shout out to Jerry Rice, who Jerry Rice, who I think is the greatest you know, football player Absolutely. of all time. All facts, um, all facts. So far. yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, no lies told here. Okay, <laughs> but let's let's talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's yeah. talk about the current the current team um and, and specifically mm-hmm. your quarterback uh jimmy garoppolo do you still think he's a part of the 49ers future going forward Gotta exhale on this one <laughs> because i'll say this with with jimmy g he has been uh terrific with the team in terms of the win-loss record you know he took him to the super bowl i think he had a great season I think that he was literally a quarter away from winning it. And if he had won it, I think we would have a different conversation. And I think what I see with Jimmy G is that there is some limitation there, that there is a certain ceiling that maybe he has reached. What has been great with him is that the Mm -hmm. short to mid-range throws, he throws well. He's got a quick release, which allows him not to get sacked as much as he could. And that helps out a lot. Uh, especially when you're in the same division as as Aaron Donald and Chandler Jones. Uh, I, I think, though, if you think of uh, Garoppolo throwing the ball deep, you, all you think about is the Emmanuel Sanders pass, but he doesn't really throw deep at all. And I think that's a limitation on Kyle Shanahan's mm-hmm. offense. And, and, and so I think right, he right. is one of those QBs who needs to have kind of things around him going well, meaning he has to have a clean pocket. Uh, Because now when we look at this new wave of quarterbacks, it is nothing short of spectacular. When you see a Mahomes, a Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, uh, Kyler Murray, Tua's coming, Justin Herbert, you know, Burrow, it's like they can extend plays and they're mobile. And Russell Wilson I mean, he's a classic example of a guy who makes the most out of out of organized chaos, you know, and and, and that is something right, that right, I think right. is lacking there is that extension of plays. So the 49ers are also looking at a cap hit with him of about twenty five million dollars. So that's going to factor into it, mm-hmm. too. And I know that they're going to be heavily looking at guys like Zach Wilson of the of BYU and then also uh, Mac Jones of Alabama, like those are guys within their grasp. So right. I can see them maybe holding on to Jimmy G for one more year and maybe be a bridge. Yeah, when I and when I watch the Niners play, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Will, it, it still kind of seems like Cal Shanahan has handcuffs on him. Like he's not really letting him just go get wild and just it all over the place it still feels like he's kind of limited the offense to fit his strengths I, I don't see him just kind of letting him loose you know it's like he almost still has handcuffs on him yeah and I'm wondering if yeah I'm wondering if like you said maybe they're just looking for a quarterback that's a little more versatile that can that has that big arm that can throw downfield that can make you know throw between the, the you know can make every throw in the book so and, and, and run though and and yeah. at least bring that threat and make it evident. And um, 
I think that's something there. I mean, even if you look at Goff just down south, it's the same sort of thing. It's like McVeigh, he is an offensive, you know, wonderkind, right? But I feel like Goff actually uh, uh, stifles them a little bit because he's the mm-hmm. same way. Because you gotta, you gotta roll them out. Otherwise, if that pocket collapses, are you really going to trust that he is going to extend plays? Are you going to trust that Goff is going to lead you to a comeback? And it's just like with with Garoppolo, I'm kind of like 50-50 on whether he can do it or not. So it's a tough decision that the that the 49ers uh, have to make in this yeah. offseason. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Well, and, that's the, and that's the thing, Will, because they have talent. When you look at this um, on the – you know, all besides the quarterback oh, yeah. position, they have talent at receiver. They have, you know, they have the tight end in Kittle. You know, they have a they have a, a good defense. So I think, you know, you may be right. Like, is is it the quarterback that's stopping them from taking yeah. that next level? Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl last year, but you know, you you have to think as a 49er fan, right? Is is it the quarterback that's kind of hampering us from winning it all? You know, from going all the way because everything else is in place there. I think John Lynch has done a great job. You know, assembling that defense. Getting getting the weapons that you know Garoppolo has, especially like I said, I mean you can argue that you know Kittle's the best tight end in the league. Yeah. Obviously you have Kelsey and KC, but I think they have everything there to win it, and you have to you have to coach. So you may be right, and maybe yeah, and, you know, and it's listen, just a Jimmy he, G problem. Again, like how how golf is, where it's like if they've got a really good defense going, and then they've got a good running game going, then it definitely puts even less pressure on them. And you know in the postseason. You know they mm-hmm. ran a ball. They ran the ball a lot because teams just couldn't stop them, right? I mean the the Vikings couldn't stop them. The the right. Packers couldn't stop them, and so it was just like in the Super Bowl when he was then forced to pass. That's when the issues started to kind of kind of creep up and bubble up, you know. Uh, right. So right. And, and I hate to say it because listen, Garoppolo <laughs> is well liked in that locker room and. You know, I know the guys vouch for me. You see Kittle have the Kittle Garoppolo 2020 shirt, you know. So, so you know, it's like, he's <laughs> and, you know, use check has come on the show. He said the same thing. And obviously they're going to say that publicly, but I, I do believe that as well, you know, and now he's yeah. just the, the injuries have been the issue for him. Is, and it's just, that's why right now the 49ers in that tough spot with, with him being hurt. Right. Right. So, Obviously, we're talking Bay Area sports and, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's transition. There's another big, big notable team in, in that in that area. Oh, yeah. Give it to <laughs> me, Quab. Another, another team in that area. I think we can all agree <laughs> that last season was an anomaly with all the injuries that the Warriors had with obviously with Steph and Clay Thompson. And they, they had a lot of things going on there. But now, you know, we got the new season starting in December. Um, what, are they going to be back to being the Warriors? Are they are they back to being contenders, in your opinion? I know the roster, you know, you have Andrew Wiggins now, not quite Kevin Durant, but you already have, you know, Clay, a healthy Clay and Steph as your main scorers. So do you think this team is going to be back to being like, you know, NBA Finals contenders? You, you know, and you guys are picking two teams. The Warriors and the 49ers have been absolutely de- decimated by injuries. Yeah. So, right? Uh, so, so it's a right, gut punch. Right. I mean, yeah, I do that's think true. That's that they're true. absolutely going to be contenders just because everybody's going to be healthy. And they knew to shut down Steph. Even, you know, that hand injury, I think they let him go a little bit more. With Draymond, you know, yeah, he was kind of banged up, nicked up, but they weren't going to, you know, push them. I mean, Kerr knew that they just didn't have the guys to 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 run with the big dogs right i mean kai bowman nothing you know no offense to him but i mean it's just you know uh, jordan Poole. you know they had tried to draft guys get guys that just weren't going to compete this year i do think that they're going to absolutely be contenders i think that um, they've got 17.2 million dollars from the andre guadala deal uh, when they sent him to to memphis so that's going to help out a lot I also think that with Wiggins, they get some uh, potential flexibility financially. Uh, I do uh, want to see how he does fit into that lineup because he's now not now counted upon to be the scorer. The only thing I get concerned about is the defense and what kind of effort he's given on the defensive end because we know we can we can he can fill it up. I think um, right. the, the other issue with the with the Warriors is that they need to get a little bit more length 
and they need to get a rim protector and they need to be athletic down in the paint more because you can't rely on Draymond and Marquise Chris. Well, he came on and he showed that he can, he can pass really well and really assimilate in the, in the offense. I just don't think he's, he's a rim protector that you can count on. And that's why you had a Bogut. That's why you had a, a Zaza there is, is you need those guys that didn't give you a lot of minutes, but that were at least rim protectors. But I also think like now with Anthony Davis and, and Jokic and, and um, Jokic in, in uh, Denver, it's like you got big guys, athletic big guys you're gonna have to contend with. Yeah. So that that's that that's why like I go back and forth on what right. you should do with the second pick. Do you get Anthony Edwards, who looked like he was pretty good for for one season, but he doesn't shoot it particularly well from from beyond the the arc? Uh, and then you got Wiseman, who we have a really small sample size, but he's probably really raw. But he's got the he's got the probably the length to, to handle potentially, maybe we don't know the big guys in the West. So uh, I absolutely think they will be contenders. I just, I'll be fascinated to see what they do with that number two pick because Curry even said it too. It's like they, they need to get more length and get more athletic. Yeah. Right. Do you think they have a real shot? Uh, uh, there's, There's always that chance, right? I think there's always that chance. I think, you know, Mm-hmm. Players can say all that they want, that they love, you know, Milwaukee, you know, I want to be here. Yeah, I lies, be there. lies, lies. Lies, baby. <laughs> Full-blown lies. And that's why <laughs> even with the Super Max, you know, it's like the, the Warriors could have given that to uh, KD, but KD wanted something different. And KD and is a different cat, you know? He's just a different dude. And he is, man. He is, yes, right, Bob? says that all the time. Definitely. <laughs> Different dude. Yeah. He's why says that all the time. He's a little sensitive, dude, too. You know what I mean? A, a yeah. little. A little. <laughs> a lot sensitive. I'm <laughs> I mean, man, I mean, getting your own burner accounts, it's like, dude, you're like one of the top five players in the NBA, top three. So, so I mean, to try to guard him, I mean, he was a match. Right, nightmare. right. And um, that that's why I always laugh at the Warriors talk about them being the villainous, evil team, the Warriors. I don't think people realize like the Warriors have been awful for most of their history. It's oh, like, for sure. <laughs> Remember growing up in the nineties, they were always yes, yes. bad. Right. They were always horrible. Horrible. <laughs> right. right. I think they made I think they made the playoffs once, I think in the nineties only. I think it was like ninety I want to say like ninety three. Hardaway. I think that was the only yeah, I think Tim Hardaway was still there. I think that was the only year I re- can remember them making the playoffs. And I remember they got yeah, swept yeah, well, by Barkley and the Suns that Mullen year. on that team, you know, and, and he had the, the sweet shot from the outside. Yeah, and, and the Right, with, right. They still had Mullen, that's right. That's why I laughed because before that, as a Warrior fan, I was so excited about that 2000, was it, seven, we believe team that had Baron Davis and Kalena uh, yeah, Azabuki, you know, and Pietras and uh, Beadrins and – you know, Jason Richardson, like, like that was so fun to watch because Baron Davis was like this guy that you see at the Y, you know, he's got the short shorts. He's got the, he's got the beard going and you think, nah, this guy can't do anything. And he's, he's running cats up and down the court. Dunking and, over people. I think I remember him dunking over Karolinko. That was, right. Right. that was Man, awesome. One of the best dunks in playoff history right there. Yeah. yeah. And, no. and, you know, I remember because I was working back east, <laughs> and my wife's like, hey, you got to go to bed because those games start late at 1040 Eastern on the East Coast. And, and you know, and I was working the morning shift. And so my wife's like, you got to go to bed. You know, you got a job here and we don't want to jeopardize. It's like, you know, I said, hold on a second. I never see this with the Warriors. I have to see how this plays out, yeah. you know? And so that when they beat Dirk and the Mavs, <laughs> I mean, I was so excited. And then, you know, it just was hard in that Utah series. I mean, they just weren't hitting their free throws. And it just yeah. kind of the, the magic, you know, Captain Jack. I mean, Steven Jackson, remember up to that point, he was kind of like a, a malcontent a little bit. I mean, he was with the Spurs. And, you know, it was just like there were like some misfits, right? Matt Barnes, yeah. too. You know? Yeah, definitely some misfits <laughs> for sure. Man. Right, yeah, and so, right. And then before right. that, they had run TMC <laughs> and they for had, sure. you know, Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen, you know, and Mitch Richmond. And and those guys were only together for two years. And that was the original small ball. And I remember like run DMC would come out and do their thing to introduce, 
you know, run TMC and the Warriors and the Warriors were fun to watch. And it was just for two years, you know, and yeah. and listen, Will Chamberlain was a San Francisco warrior yeah. at one point in time, a <laughs> San Francisco warrior. And then and, and think about then this to give you more of a history <laughs> lesson. The Warriors. Right. You know, speaking of that, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Will, you know, being a warrior. So it's funny. It kind of goes into my next question. What do you, what are your favorite all time warriors? And uh, and you can also well, give well, us your we're all time favorite Forty Nine ers I, mean, I loved Tim Hardaway. He had a killer crossover. Magic Johnson said it was the best crossover he'd ever seen. Right. So that was big. Um, love Mitch Richmond. He was steady, smooth, Hall of Famer. Uh, hurt, hurt, hurt when he was traded for Billy Owens to the Kings. Uh, completely horrible trade. Uh, <laughs> Billy <laughs> Owens. Awful, oh, that just sounds awful. awful. Um, and, uh, and then Chris Mullen yeah. <laughs> as well. Loved uh, Mully, and I loved Baron Davis. So those those are my top Warrior players. And then I think my 49er players are probably pretty obvious, you know, with Joe Montana, Steve, Steve Young, uh, Jerry Rice mm-hmm. uh, and on right, defense right. had Fred Dean. He was a great pass rusher, and Ronnie Lott too. I mean, he was just laying guys out. Beast, straight beast. beast. Oh yeah, beast. So one of Quab's favorite stories is he always Quab when he talks about oh, Ronnie yes. Lott, he always talks Amputated about when, when Ronnie Lott <laughs> cut his finger off. Yeah, I mean, his fingers advertised to just go back that, in the game. Talk about how crazy it was. And, and That's the other insane. Thing that I loved about Ronnie Lott is that he was also, uh, you know, he was a cornerback at one point in time too. So he played corner and then they moved him to safety. So they moved him around in that secondary and he held his own and he wore those black cleats when not many guys were wearing black cleats. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever that he got from his USC days. And um, so, so Ronnie Lott was, right, was right. literally laying guys out yeah. You know, that's one of the best to ever do it for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. So, Will, you're, yeah, Will, oh, you're, yeah. you're a man sure. of many talents, you know. As you mentioned, you you were an aspiring comedian. Oh, Bob, I need to talk to you more, you know. <laughs> I need to talk to you and Darian. Can we you do were... this like every day? <laughs> <laughs> like, you were in a, you were in a... <laughs> hey, we're with Will again. Uh, yeah, you you were an aspiring comedian, <laughs> and from what I've learned recently, you even have an acting credit. You were on the Fox show 911. Can you confirm that that's true? That is absolutely 100% true. That <laughs> happened. Uh, Yo, I D, we're talking there. to a celebrity, man. Oh, okay. I know. I got to go back and watch that episode because I watched it was uh, the very first you know, one. 911. Was, so I got uh, to I gotta go back yeah, and watch. Yeah, the very first one. I think it was... Uh, Oh, very first Let one. Okay. Go, or I, I forget what that it, was I the name was, of the episode. Yep. Let yeah, go. Okay. That was what it was. And, you know, it's crazy because it's like people are hanging upside down from a roller coaster, right? And so um, I do it. And it was a crazy, surreal experience because I'd never done anything like that. And, you know, you go into this hospital that was completely abandoned in Los Angeles. And you go in there and they got all this equipment in there. It's crazy. And you're in this, this, um, hospital room and you're with all these other people right and um it's so funny because you're in this you're in there and it's me and this other guy who's a long time anchor in there and you see other people like just like other people dressed as uh doctors uh people dressed as nurses all these actors as, <laughs> as patients it was so funny and then, and then these guys who look like these these uh, hardcore you know gangbangers right and, um, you know, uh, so it was so funny. The, the casting person comes out and, uh, and these and these game bangers are talking. It's like, yeah, man, can you believe that we're doing this? Homes? I mean, this is this is some homes. I, mean, I can't believe that we're doing this. And, ask us this, right? and so and so uh, you know, I'm seeing this, um, and then the uh, casting producer, you know, she comes over and she is saying, um, OK, so we need our. Um, Latino uh, gangbangers, the, the Vatos here, you know, and so I'm laughing, you know, because this is literally like out of a movie like La La Land or something that's making fun of a movie. And and so when I shoot that scene, you know, I'm in this big old like um, lobby of the, the ho- of the hospital. And so the other anchor who's he's talking like that, you know, like typical anchor L.A. guy, because that's what he was. 
And so then they come to me and I'm literally the last shot of this um, of this episode. And so then, you know, the, the director comes over and is talking me through this. And it's like now my heart is starting to pound through my chest. Right. It's it's like and I'm like, oh, my God, this is not for real. And you got all these lights and stuff. And, you know, it's like in TV, it's like in Good Morning Football, you can ad lib. You know, if you're doing breaking news, you can ad lib. No, 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 no. When you're doing scripted TV, they want you to do the script. And so as I'm doing it, you know, I'm doing this thing and they're like, okay, turn, nope, right. nope, you missed it. Nope, nope, you have to say it like this. You know, and so they're giving me these demands like, nope, turn around this way. Nope, look this way. And <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst. And it's like, <laughs> I must have just had flop sweat dripping from my forehead, you know? And so, uh, uh, you know, and I was just thinking, wow, this is way different than live TV. And well, well, we're looking forward to seeing you get that Oscar one day, that Emmy. I mean, that's what it sounds like you're headed toward. Oh, huh? no, no, that didn't happen. That is... <laughs> yeah, I got to go back and watch that no, episode Darren, now. I have to, as soon like, as we get off this podcast, I have to go watch me, that episode. You know, she's watching the TV and that's what I'm on. But it's kind of like blurry and far away, the shot. He just, you know, just you hear me gabbing. But it's just like, it's like my mug's not fully even on there. It's kind of like blurred out and everything, you know? And, and yeah, so it's like, so it's kind of like anti oh, okay. for me a little bit. Um, I, I was on the West <laughs> Wing, though. If, if I don't know if you guys were ever in the West Wing. I, I, okay. Oh, okay. So the last season, I am yes. in like oh, yeah. two or three episodes where like Jimmy Smith is talking to Lily Tomlin you know, like I'm right in the middle of the uh, TV set, you know, like Martin Sheen is, is walking through and you see me and I'm and I'm on there. So, uh, wow, dude, dude, this is I'm starstruck right now. No, please. <laughs> it's I know. This is breaking yeah, news. We have a, we have a legit celebrity. on. Yeah, here. I mean, you guys, it's, it's the last season. It's like it's mm. towards the end episodes it's it's just it's very funny because I, I still get people like oh i didn't know you were on west wing it's like i didn't know that and you know it's like on jimmy kimmel too during that time because he has a he has a bit called unnecessary roughness or yeah, unnecessary excuse me, yeah. uh, censorship I'm, I'm sorry it's unnecessary censorship yes so, so yeah. at that time it was it was during the um you know the the, the baseball players like palmero mcguire those guys up on capitol hill testifying and so uh you know, it's me doing the story and Jimmy Kimmel is, you know, he cuts to it and um, it's me voicing over Palmero getting sworn in. And it's a and it's a, a pixelized, blurred out uh, hand of his that's flipping off the camera, you know, <laughs> so, and I had no idea. It's like as people told me the, the day after, it's like, hey, you were Kim on Kimmel. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I say wrong? What did I screw up? How did I look? Did I have some smudge on my nose? You know, this kind of thing. So uh, it's just so, it's random, man. It's, it's like, like I said, it's like a Forrest Gump thing for me. It really is. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah, shout Run out and to Jimmy Kimmel, by the way. Run you know, all day. We're, we're always mean? repping, Will. Me and Darren are always repping. Run and rep. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah, you got to. <laughs> always repping the Yeah, always repping the There you go. Rabs. Now, that's Greg perfect, Anthony. Those, that's a perfect transition into our, <laughs> our last segment, Will. Um, you know, one thing I've learned about you over the three years I've worked on Good Morning Football, you're an NBA head. You know your stuff. Darian also, Darian's also worldwide known for knowing his NBA stuff as well. Oh, no, but Darian's, <laughs> Darian's legit, though. Darian's legit. I don't know about Darian's the worldwide, legit. but okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I composed some trivia questions before we go. All right. It's going to be right. multiple choice. We'll, 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 I'll go through all the now you guys don't jump to an answer just so we can have our audience kind of play along but um darian's darian's one of the dons he's one of the he's one of the ogs so we're gonna, right. we're, gonna we're gonna test you <laughs> no pressure so you guys it, it's it's kind of 90s 2000s blend you guys ready to get started yeah let's go all let's do all it. right um let's see who do i want to go let's first go. you know we'll, we'll go there. You'll get, yeah, we'll let the guests go first. And it's going to start off. No, they have the guests go tough. first. Have so don't guess. be like, oh, that's an easy one, you know? Okay. All right. So, first question. In the 1997 Western Conference Finals, which jazz player hit the buzzer beating three pointer against the Rockets to send them to the finals? Is it A, Hornacek, B, Byron Russell, C, John Stockton? Jeff Hornacek. 
Is that your final answer? That is, is that my final, final answer. answer? Can I that steal? is not correct. Oh. That is not correct. Darian, you can steal. Who got that? Can I steal? It was wow. John Stockton. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was John <laughs> Stockton. <laughs> this was still start. a lot of questions to go. <laughs> All right, second questions for Darian. Like I said, is this it on the curve, by the way, or no? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. All right, Darian, this is for you. Uh, <laughs> we're starting off a little easy. Let me. I'll go through all the answers first, and you can always steal okay. if he doesn't know. Will uh, after Jordan retired, Jordan retired after the uh, right before the 1993-94 season. Who did the, who were who defeated the Bulls in the Eastern Conference semifinals that season? Was it A, the Knicks? You got to let me go through the answers, man. Oh, the New York Knicks. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't sorry. know if there's a point of doing it now. Yeah, yes, it fault, is A, the fault. Knicks. All right. So. <laughs> Remember, our audience was playing yeah. along too. Dude. Yeah. Well, it was like the Knicks. And I want to see those Knicks <laughs> with the Rockets. And I think that, right? Was that, is that, am I right? Or I think that was. That yeah. was. That was yeah, when the Knicks that won the finals. In the finals? Yeah. <laughs> the finals. Yeah. Oh, my okay. God. Yeah. And John Stockton All right. went one for Next 11 question. in game seven. This is for you, Will. This player has never won a dunk contest. Is it A, Harold Miner, B, Sean Kemp, C, Brent Berry? Has never won a dunk contest. I'll say that was Sean Kemp, I believe. That's your final answer. That is my final answer, the Rain Man. You are correct. Yes, you, you, thank you. you would think Sean Kemp has. With how, the Rain Man was an incredible yeah, dunker. Well, well, the Rain Man, if you remember, he dunked on... The Warriors when they had Sharunas, Marshallonas, Mullet, all Lister, all Lister, he points at him. I mean, doesn't even mean mug him, just straight up points at him. Double pointer, too. Yeah. All right, all right, nice, nice. Go oh, on, that's Will. right. All right, Darian. Right. Like I said, let's go through all the answers before you answer. <laughs> no problem, no problem. All right. The following I'm sorry. player has fault, never made an all-star team. Is it A, Ron Harper? B, mm-hmm. Sam Cassell, C, Antonio McDice has never made an all-star team. Uh, is that your final answer? It has to be A, Ron It Harper. is Ron Harper. You know, that picks up a lot yeah. of people because of his yeah. great seasons with the Clippers. A lot of people yeah. think like, oh, man, yeah, he was averaging 20-something points a game. Uh, from Miami of Ohio, I want to say, right? I did not know that. Yes. I did not know that. Yes, yes. There you go. He yeah. did. I, and I, I thought he had a good really, yeah. He was with the Cavs, too, early like on. MJ, obviously, yeah. and company. More of the defense. Absolutely. Okay, okay. All right, next question right. is for you, there Will. You right. I don't know how much of a video game head you are, but this is kind of related to that. So 1993 was the release of NBA Jam. All right. Okay. I feel like whether you like video games or not, everybody's played NBA Jam in the arcade back oh, in the yeah. day. Who was Shaq's teammate on the Magic on NBA Jam? Is it A, Penny Hardaway, B, Nick Anderson, C, Scott Skiles? Who was Shaq's teammate on NBA Jam? Ooh. Uh, Penny uh, Hardaway, Nick Anderson, Scott Skiles. I, uh, boy, I, I want to say Penny Hardaway, little Penny, too. I want to, <laughs> you know. I want to include him, but uh, <laughs> ooh, this feels like it's a trick. Uh, I'm going to say be Nick careful. Anderson. Final answer, Nick Anderson? Yeah. It is not. It is ah. not. Darren, would you like to steal? Yes. Ah, it is Scott Scott. Can I steal? It is Scott Scott. Scott Yes, Scott Scott. I was looking up some of Scott Scott's numbers. He was a yeah. – his. he had a game where he had 25 assists. I was like, wow, dude was – yeah, no, he was a tough-nosed guy. I remember even watching when he was, wow, way back, he was seeing film of him in Michigan State, and he made some, like, pretty cool, like, behind-the-back passes. Like, okay, Scotty Skiles, he can do something. Don't have him coaching the team because he's going to be yelling <laughs> at you and telling you how horrible you are yeah. and run the team to the ground. But, yeah, no, Skiles had some skills. No, no question, no question. All right, um, we'll get to the next question here. All right. Jim Jackson. I love asking Jim Jackson questions. Guys played on like 27 teams. Darian, Jim Jackson has not <laughs> played for the following team. Is it A, the Trailblazers? B, the Raptors? Mm-hmm. C, the Kings? Who has he not played for? Trailblazers, Raptors, Kings. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> I mean, you okay, only, this one I might. Yeah, this only, one there's may, only about five he hasn't played on. So this is. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is crazy. Okay, because he did. He, he played. played well he played into the two thousands, yep. I believe. Trailblazers, Raptors, um, Kings. Can, okay. Can, can I can I give my answer? I'm gonna go well, with well, well, I gotta give Darren final answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. That is incorrect. It is not the Kings. He he. he <laughs> now play? he did play the for the Kings. It is the Raptors. Never played. Yeah. For them. yeah. Good one. Good. No, he never played for. Them. Oh, he's not going to play for the Raptors. I remember covering Jimmy Jackson when he was with the Kings, and mm-hmm. yeah, and boy, like, remember like Jimmy Jackson. And oh, it was him, okay. Jason okay. Kidd, and then Jamal Mashburn, the three J's. Yes, in, our, in Dallas, have a little thing with with a little controversy with like Tony Braxton too. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that was big. That was real. Yeah, that's what broke him up. Up me and the homies too, man. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> some issues, but good one, Will. All right, Will with the steal. <laughs> but now it's getting a little tougher. We're at question seven. He's got ten of them. We don't want to take too much of Will's time, so it's getting a little tough. Name the following player. He is a six-time All-Star who has played on seven teams and um, jumped from high school and won most improved player in 2000, uh, 2001. Is it A, Jermaine O'Neal, B, Tracy McGrady, C, Amari Stoudemire? Six-time All-Star, played on seven teams straight out of high school and won most improved player in 2001. I think that would be the key hint there. Most improved player, 01. All right, so Jermaine well, O'Neal, Tracy yeah. McGrady, Amari Stoudemire. Uh, I'm going to say is Jermaine O'Neal. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. It is Jermaine O'Neal. Nice. Yeah, there we go. Nice. What means Jermaine O'Neal, former that? warrior, by the yeah, way. Former warriors. warriors. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, it's funny. I, I know he started. Portland, but man, he was sitting on their bench averaging like three points a game. Who would have ever known he would have turned into a six-time All-Star, you know? Same with yeah, Zach Randolph was also in the same position where he was on the Blazers bench just chilling for a while. And they also had Sebastian Telfair as well. Oh, that's right. You know, he was another guy that, that made that leap, I believe. So yeah, I remember I how hyped up ones. Sebastian Telfair was. He was... He was yeah, he's a Brooklyn yeah. boy. You know, I'm from I'm from Never. Brooklyn. I was I was hyped. You know, I was happy for him to get into the NBA. And he was the cousin of Stephon Marbury. And I kept saying, like, yeah, this could be the, you yeah. know, next kind of, you know, I thought yeah. he'd even be better okay, than Marbury. Next question, but, nice one, Will. You know, just didn't pan out uh, that way. You, Darian. This player has never scored over fifty points in a game. Mm-hmm. Is it A. Monta Ellis, another warrior? Jeez. B. Mm-hmm. Antoine Jameson, another warrior. I think. <laughs> and there's C. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Kevin Martin has never scored over 50 in a game. Monta Ellis, Antoine Jameson, Kevin Martin. Oh. 50 or more mm-hmm. points, just to be clear. Okay. I'm going to go. Is that your final okay. answer? I think I'm going to go with, with Antoine you, Jameson. Can I tell you something? <laughs> so, so Antoine yes. Jameson had back-to-back 50-point games mm-hmm. for the Warriors. Absolutely. Okay. That is career highs 51. So, so, and here's another thing I'm going to tell you. Oh, I played wow. a game, of course, okay. with Antoine Jameson and almost beat him. So that also I don't you know if I else. believe that, Will. <laughs> this, this, this is true. I got to H-O-R. <laughs> Because I thought Monte Ellis yeah, had over 50. So Will, I know like Kevin Martin had over 50. I, I thought Monte yeah, had 50. Yeah, I want to say that it's Monte Ellis. Uh, Monte Ellis' career high is 48. He was almost. Yeah, he never had it. But Yeah, he was such a great yeah. scorer, D, so that was a good answer. Oh, so. okay. okay. I thought, I thought he had over 50. For the one. Warriors, yeah. it was between Monte Ellis and yeah. Stephen Curry of who they wanted to keep. Because Yikes. Monte was freezing out Steph Curry. He was freezing him out. Imagine so, they decided to keep Monte Ellis instead. Jeez. Oh. Would have been, and they got back Andrew Bogut. Oh, good yikes! Mm. Wow, wow. Okay, okay. All right, you guys are like now. Yeah, this is, wow. is hard hitting stuff <laughs> right here. All right, so for you, um, 2005, this player tied a then NBA record 12 three pointers. He had 12 three pointers in a game. Is it A, Michael Red, B, Danielle Marshall, C, Mike Miller? 2005 hit an NBA record at that time, 12 three-pointers in a game. 
Um, Danielle Marshall, also former warrior. Uh, oh, my God. One at that. Um, so I am going to say uh, Michael Red, and I believe that was with the Bucks, I want to say. Final I think it's Mike. That is my final answer. Incorrect. Darian, would Ooh. you like to steal this one? 12 three-pointers in a game, 05. Um, Mike Miller. Mm-hmm. So it, it was Michael Red, Daniel Marshall, and who was the other one? Mike Miller. Yeah. See, they got tough, man. They started um, easy. Now they get tough. Yeah. Mm, this is a tough one. That is correct. That I'm going to so go with stuff. Daniel Marshall. I specifically remember So that. he did do something yeah. good in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I remember him. Okay. I think it was with the Cavs, Darian. I don't know if you specifically <laughs> remember, but I remember just randomly watching SportsCenter and they're like, wait, Daniel Marshall hit 12 three-pointers? Like, what is going on? And the next oh. game. <laughs> yeah, because I knew it wasn't Mike yeah. Miller. Mike and Daniel Marshall, um, the next game probably had like 12. 12. Like, okay, well, he's back to normal. Yeah, that's Daniel, that's Daniel Marshall. 12 yep. points. <laughs> that's what I remember. All right. All right, fine. This is the final question here. Uh, this, this one is, uh, you know, we'll end things out on a high note. So, Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson were the top two scorers of the 2000s which would mean from the uh, starting, obviously, 1999 through two, uh, 2000, mm-hmm. uh, through 2009. Who was the third with over 18,000 points scored? Okay. Is it A, Tim Duncan, B, Dirk Nowitzki, C, Vince Carter? Who was third with over 18,000 points? You know, it's funny. I kind of lost track. Who was this one? for? This is for me, right? Yep, yeah, this is for this is for you. A. Duncan, B. Nowitzki, C. Carter. 18,000 okay. points. Um, right, third after Kobe mm-hmm. and Iverson in the 2000s. Duncan, Nowitzki, Carter. So it's Carter, Nowitzki. Who's the third person? Final answer. That is incorrect, I'm gonna go actually. With, with Vince Carter. That's well, this is a will. It's between Duncan and yeah. Nowitzki. Who you got? Yeah. Uh, I, oh, wow. I believe okay. it's Nowitzki. Final answer? Final answer. You know why this game was great? I think we actually ended on a tie. It is Dirk Nowitzki. Oh. <laughs> wow. It is. We got two two legends right now. This is a tight race, man. I wish I wish I should have had like a tiebreaker question. Oh see, man. Will, Will, this gives you a reason to come back on the podcast. We gotta like finish business like round <laughs> two next time. Yeah, I mean this was yeah, but the thing is like what's painful is like all these questions, <laughs> the answers all about former warriors that broke my heart. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe like, there's a reason I did it that way, Will. But do you understand like so so when <laughs> when 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 the Bay Area Strangler had left, right? So when he wasn't with us anymore, the the Warriors made a concerted effort to try to get clean guys that were gonna be good guys. So they end up getting like Todd Todd uh, Fuller, I believe, from NC State. Oh no, who is awful, <laughs> uh, t- horrible, horrible. And um, you know, then Fuller. we ended up getting like Mike Dunleavy Jr. Oh yes, and um, and then the year there was I think nineteen. It was the year after Duncan. We get the number one pick, and it's Joe Smith. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I thought would be great. I don't think that was a bad never, idea. never thought he was going to. Oh, be. you didn't I, buy the hype. Oh, okay. Never, okay. never. Yeah, I he, thought he was, was going to be good not too. a sure thing lock like Tim Duncan. And it's like he was, he was good at Maryland, but I, I never thought superstar because it, it was too iffy for everybody. You know, no one knew exactly how he was going to uh, pan out. And when they don't know you're going to pan out, you ain't going to pan out. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> yeah so um, that's why it's like with all these all these like, yeah, uh, former warriors they all end up leaving and becoming uh superstars and they end up doing well so uh but but like one of the things one last thing i was going to say with the warriors it they that the 80s celtics have a lot to thank for the warriors because the warriors traded robert Parrish and what was their 12th round pick that turned out to be kevin McHale to the Celtics. I did not know that. So you, yeah, so so that happened, and then the Warriors get this player named uh, Joe Barry Carroll, who who we used to call Joe Barely Cares, because it looked like he just did not, <laughs> when he was dribbling. Barry, you love that. When he, you love that. <laughs> it's like when he, was, when he was down on the block, I mean, it looked like he that did not great. give a crap. I mean, it looked like he did not care. 
And so um, that, that's why, <laughs> like, like the, the wounds run deep for me. Run deep. Wow. So. Well, man, I hope uh, I didn't bring, I'm sorry for bringing back the painful memories. But at the end of the day, too, you're a Warriors fan. I mean, look what how great you guys were in 2010s. None of us feel that bad anymore. Like, you guys, are, you got one of the great, one of the greatest runs, you know, one of the greatest teams of all time, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, y'all are good. Y'all are good. House money. House yeah, three money. out of five I years. Realize the and, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm at peace with myself. <laughs> That's great. But, well, hey, Will, man, like, I can't even describe how great it was for you to That's join the show. Up. We appreciate it. Hey, it was my honor and a lot of fun, fellas. Yeah, it's been an honor, man. It's been fun. Um, appreciate it. I, I can't believe it took, you know, three, three episodes. I knew that was going to come back up. I knew. You know, but, but all good, baby. All good. <laughs> well, uh, Will, it I'm fun, sure guys. it's obviously easy to find your um, your info on Twitter. But if you don't mind giving our listeners your Twitter handle, Instagram, yeah. any all that good stuff. Yeah, it's it's just uh, at Will Selva TV. Really easy. As if there's other Will Selvas, but hey, I had to add the TV there at the end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right great, great. Well, Darian, i don't know if you have anything else to add nas this has been a great show like i said been an honor really deeply appreciate you coming on will like you know like we we talked about in the last episode me and quab kind of you know started this from nothing and well, see, well, see where I it is now bring the, have the you on just to add it it's just been great <laughs> no all going on I have that effect. On nah, me. you want way up. I didn't think we'd be hearing about. It, guys. Uh, yeah, I didn't think we'd be hearing about like Lil Kim today. It's been it's been a bit. <laughs> so, all right, but Darren, man, me and you will do it again uh, next week. <laughs>